Well, good morning, church. My name is Juan Chavez. I am one of the resident pastors here for our church, and I have the privilege of sharing God's word with us this morning. But before we do so, I want to introduce you to my friend, Max Kinney. Come on over here, brother. So Max is one of uh, the students in our youth group, which is led by uh, Josh Miller and his team. And Max, and on behalf of the youth, uh, they're helping with our affordable Christmas this year. So every year, uh, we've done affordable Christmas, and we've helped the families at Alta Loma Elementary, which is a low-income elementary school around the corner from here. We've helped them with Christmas presents every year. And uh, this year is a little different. Another church has met that need, and some folks from the school have reached out to us and asked if we can help uh, meet another need for, for the families there. So... Uh, I'm going to ask Max some questions. He's going to explain to us exactly what that looks like for us this year. So, Max, can you explain to the church what exactly we're doing this year for Affordable Christmas? Yeah. Uh, so instead of uh, providing gifts for the families, uh, Altaloma asked us to provide gift baskets um, with food, uh, foods uh, such like uh, spaghetti, um, canned foods, mm-hmm. uh, anything like that, just just so that the families can have, like, a home-cooked family meal together, uh, and they don't have to worry about buying food for themselves. Uh, yeah, yeah, and so we're going to ask for, like, the RCs to provide a basket or two, or if you're a large RC, maybe to provide three, uh, just in, in a laundry basket, just full of food, full of just great things for the family, uh, also a Bible, and maybe a family board game. Yep, yep, awesome. So, uh, Deacons, you have probably already received an email. If not, look in your uh, junk folder. One of the RCs that landed in their, in their spam folder. Uh, but, Max, uh, as, as, RC, as RCs are bringing these laundry baskets of food to bless these families, uh, where can they find the, the youth group to give them to? Where can they find you guys? And when is the deadline to turn these in? Yeah, so... I, uh, along with uh, Acacia Clark, will be out uh, near the Connect desk. We have a small table set up uh, with a maroon tablecloth. So if you have any questions or uh, you want to turn in your basket, you can turn it in there. uh, And then we'll just take it and then give it to the families later. Uh, The deadline is next Sunday. Uh, I believe it's the 15th. Uh, so after that, we'll uh, deliver the baskets to the families. Beautiful. And the, you have a list out there, right, of like uh, every, yeah. everything you're looking for, everything yeah, yeah. the school is looking for for the, mm-hmm. these families. And last question, uh, what if people in here are not part of an RC yet? How can they participate if they want to help? Yeah, definitely. So if you're not part of an RC, um, you can feel free to provide a basket on your own, uh, like full of food. Uh, it can be a smaller basket if needed, uh, but you can also provide your own basket if needed. Right. Awesome, Max. Thanks, man. We're going to pray together for uh, affordable Christmas. We're going to pray for these families that will be blessing as a church. Uh, Lord, thank you so much for allowing us to uh, bless the community, and we pray for these families uh, at Alta Loma and everywhere who's in need. Uh, God, we ask that they would be provided for and all of their needs would be met um, this Christmas and in every season uh, that they're in. Uh, We're grateful, God, that we can participate in that. Pray that they would come to know you. They'd come to faith, that relationships would be built. And um, thank you for the youth and the way that they're serving our church. In Jesus' name, amen. Now you guys can clap for that. I know I kind of cut you off. My bad. 
All right, church. Well, um, we are we are celebrating Advent this season as we do every year. And Sean introduced that uh, last Sunday, and we opened up with the message of hope and Advent. Uh, simply means the arrival, and we are anticipating and remembering and, and preparing our hearts for uh, the birth of Jesus as Christmas comes closer and closer. And every Sunday you'll see the stage, um, you know, get more and more decorated, more signs out, more trees, and it's just going to look more and more beautiful each week as we get closer to Christmas. Uh, but before we get into the Word this morning, we are going to be reading Romans 5 together. This is kind of our banner text for all of Advent, so let's stand for the reading of God's Word. And we are going to read this together, so do your best to just kind of, you know, find that, yeah, that togetherness. All right, so Romans 5, 1 through 5, it says, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, This is the word of the Lord. Good job, y'all. Good job. You guys sounded great, by the way. Uh, So this morning, I will be speaking on the topic of peace. And the Bible has a lot to say about peace, tons of things to say about peace, from uh, the peace in the land to peace with each other, uh, to peace with God, to uh, Jesus, you know, says peace when he calms the storm, uh, peace in our minds, Reese's Pieces. Hey, did I get you? Were you asleep? Were you awake? Did you follow? Just wanted to make sure you're following along. Like, what's this dude talking about? But I, you know, all those things that the Bible says about peace, um, I want to narrow down to just two avenues this morning, and we're going to talk about the eternal peace we have with God, and we're going to talk about the present peace that we have in God. And for many of us, this can be like a stressful season for us. You know, um, we're a very young church, and this is like exam, you know, month finals. You got, even for high school students, college students, like you got finals you need to take. You're stressed, you're anxious, you're, you just want to end well, you want to finish well. You know, maybe you're real busy with work. You got projects you need to finish by the end of the year. Maybe you got uh, family traveling in and out. And when it comes to gift purchasing, man, that alone can be stressful. And, you know, when we just went through Black Friday and Cyber Monday and that turned into Cyber Week and now it's like Cyber Month and not like there, this could just be a very stressful season. And maybe I just left out some things that that you're experiencing that I didn't hit on. But in a time that's supposed to be peaceful and we're supposed to remember the birth of Jesus, we can find ourselves feeling anxious and stressed and maybe experiencing chaos. And my prayer this morning is that as we read God's word, we're reminded of the peace that God offers. We're reminded of not only the peace we have with God, but the peace we can find in Christ at this very moment. And, and our hearts would draw closer to Jesus 
and we would ignore the noise around us as we prepare our hearts to celebrate Christmas, the birth of Christ our Savior. So I want to start with this eternal peace. And we're going to start in Romans 5.1. We read it together. We're going to read it again. It says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Church, when was the last time you reflected on who you were before Christ saved you and redeemed you? When was the last time you meditated and remembered what your life was like B.C., before Christ? When was the last time you thought about what your life would look like today if Jesus wasn't in the picture? If Jesus hadn't come in and saved you and rescued you and forgiven you, what would your life look like today? What would your marriage look like? What would your family look like? What would your children be learning from you if Jesus weren't at the center? We just finished Exodus. We were in the book of Exodus for a few months, and we heard over and over again how the Israelites were forgetting what God had done. They were forgetting how they were enslaved, To Egypt, to Pharaoh, they forgot how God rescued them. They forgot how God led them and provided for them and met all of their needs. And time and time again, we heard from the stage how they forgot. They forgot God. They forgot what God had done. They forgot that they had been rescued. And church, too often, we too can forget what life was like before Jesus We can forget what God has accomplished in us. Or maybe we don't forget, but we've become way too familiar because we've been in church for too long. We've been in in Bible studies for so long that we've we've become accustomed to hearing this beautiful language of, of us being enemies of God, but being made right with Christ and having peace with God through the blood of Jesus. And Paul reminds us of this powerful truth in Romans 5, 1. And he says, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. I remember driving up here to Peoria. My my family and I live in Tolleson and making that drive up here to Peoria. And on my way here, I was listening to an old song I had recorded like eight years back. And it's called New. And the song was about the life I was living before Christ, who I was before Jesus, the things I was involved in, the things I was doing. And I just wanted to, like, you know, like, just throw back something old. Like, let me go back in time a little bit and and play something. I wasn't trying to get deep or trying to get spiritual or anything. Just kind of bored and wanted to hear some old stuff. And And as I listened to this song and I remembered, I'm in the car and I remembered what my life was like. And I remembered the things that I loved and the things I was participating in and how deep and wretched I was, 
how deep my sin was, how filthy it was. And I reflected on that. I couldn't help but to break down and cry. I couldn't help but to think about how unworthy I was and how I couldn't do anything to fix it. And despite my sin, despite my filth, despite the mess I was living in, Jesus decided to come in and rescue me. I couldn't do anything about it, but Jesus in his grace, in his mercy, in his love stepped in and saved me and forgave me and gave me a new life. And I couldn't help, I couldn't help but, to, but to have this overwhelming gratitude come about me as I, as I reflected on who I was before Jesus. And I think it's important that we know that we, we can never outgrow the gospel. We can never find ourselves in a place in our Christian walk where we've become so familiar that, that we've almost outgrown it. Like, yeah, yeah, I know, I know what Jesus did. I know, I know he saved me. I know he died on the cross. We can't think we're so mature in Christ that we're not reflecting on what he saved us from. We can't be so eager to want to, you know, learn more and have all this knowledge and theology and doctrine and just make sure all this, this head knowledge that we're forgetting why we're saved in the first place. We're forgetting the fact that, man, we are secure in Jesus forever. We can never outgrow the gospel. And Martin Luther, when, uh, when, he's, when he's speaking on this topic and it comes to the idea of like reminding ourselves of this truth, Martin Luther says this. He says, the highest of all God's commands is this, that we ever hold up before our eyes the image of his dear son, our Lord Jesus Christ. He must daily be to our hearts the perfect mirror in which we behold how much God loves us and how well in his infinite goodness. As a faithful God, he has grandly cared for us in that he gave his dear son for us. And Satan, church, Satan would love for us to forget this truth. Satan would love for us to move on so far from, from this truth, from reminding ourselves of what God has accomplished through the blood of his son, Jesus. And as we went through Exodus, we heard how the Israelites were enslaved to Pharaoh. They were enslaved to the Egyptians. And I just want to remind us this morning that you and I were just like the Israelites, but we were enslaved to our sin. We were in bondage to our sin. Our flesh desired sin. It demanded that it be fed sin. And we were pleased to meet those demands. We were pleased to participate in everything our flesh wanted. We were far from God. We wanted nothing to do with God. And even though you may have said it with your lips, our hearts were far from God. But let, let me remind us of the beautiful truth of Colossians 1.20. It says that through him, through Jesus... He reconciled to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace 
by the blood of his cross. Once enemies, now friends. Adopted into the family of God. Heirs with Christ. Set free from that bondage. Set free from that slavery. No longer desiring those things anymore. Do you remember when your desires changed? Do you remember when you no longer wanted to taste sin? When the Holy Spirit gave you conviction? And those things that used to please you now made you disgusted? Made you sick to your stomach? That no longer you desire to run after those things, but now you desire righteousness. Now you desire holiness. Now you desire Jesus. I mean, God accomplished that in us, y'all. We couldn't change our hearts if our lives depended on it. How many times did you try to stop doing that thing on your own power, on your own strength, and you just couldn't? You would go a week or two or three, and then bam, you found yourself right back in it. But then Jesus steps in and gives us his, these new desires. He gives us this power to be able to live in his holiness, not in perfection, but in holiness and righteousness. And as we reflect on that, as we remember that, it stirs something up inside of us. As we remember the peace that we have with God, something beautiful is stirred up in us. And it's important that we remind ourselves of this freedom that we have in Jesus over and over again. It's important that we preach this truth to ourselves over and over again. And listen, maybe you're here this morning and you don't know this truth. And you don't know this salvation that I speak of. You're still in bondage to your sin. You're still a slave to your sinful desires, and you can do nothing to break that. You're obviously here for a reason. You don't have what it takes, but Jesus does. And Jesus went to the cross and took your penalty. The debt that you owed was nailed to the cross. And Jesus stands at the door of your heart and he knocks And in him, you will experience forgiveness. You will experience freedom. You will experience a new birth. You will experience those new desires that I speak of in Jesus. And I pray that you would come to faith. And I pray that you would know Christ. And for us who know Christ, may we, may God wake us up to sharing this reality with those who don't. Praying for the salvation of those who do not know Jesus. Not judging them, not critiquing them, not speaking ill of them because we were once them, but praying that they would come to faith and opening our mouths and sharing the gospel, the truth with them. And this is why on Sundays we could... Like we do every Sunday, we could pass the peace. Because we who were far from God have been reconciled to God. And the peace that we have with God, we pass this peace to one another. No matter what your background is, no matter what your skin color is, no matter how much money you make, no matter what kind of upbringing you have, we are united in Christ. And we share this peace with one another. And even though that time is filled with hi, my name is, and good morning, and, it's, and Josh gets frustrated because we're not really passing the peace. Like, we know, what, we know what it is. We are 
united in Christ. We have peace with God, and we pass that peace to one another. So as we recognize Advent, as we recognize the birth of the Messiah in just a few weeks, we, we see and we recognize that God sent his son Jesus to accomplish this peace that we have with God today. So that's the eternal peace. Now what about the present peace? What about the peace that we need now? The peace that we need in this moment? What happens when your peace is disrupted by chaos? What happens when your peace is disrupted by brokenness? What happens when your kids are tripping? Like nonstop. What happens when the things you thought would work out this way, it ain't looking like that. What happens when you lose your job? What happens when sickness knocks on the door of your life or your family's life or your friend's life? What happens when death knocks on that door and then death knocks again? What happens when chaos seems to be all around us and peace seems to be far from us? I want us to look at three chapters in the book of John. We ain't reading all of them, okay? We don't don't have time. We're only looking at a few verses in each one. We're going to look at John 14, John 15, and John 16. And this is known as Jesus' farewell moments. His farewell discourse. This, this, is, this is his final moments with his disciples before he goes to the cross and dies. And he's leaving them with these, with these words, with these messages, with these reminders. And we'll start in John 14, verse 27. It says, Jesus says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. So Jesus is saying, I'm leaving my peace with you. The world can offer you a peace, but it's not like my peace. The world can offer you a peace, but it's temporary. It's flawed. It's not full. It's not real. And Jesus is saying, I offer you a peace that's nothing like you can get anywhere else. This peace that he's referring to, and we we read it over and over in in the Bible, is known as shalom. It's not just the peace that we recognize in our English language of just, you know, it's all good, but it's deeper than that. This shalom is not just an absence of of turmoil, it's, it's wholeness. It's fullness, completeness, it's total well-being. It's the way that things ought to be. It's the way that, thing, that, that God designed things to be before sin came in and disrupted that. That's shalom, that's wholeness. And Jesus is saying, I offer you this. Now that's John 14. Let's look at John 16. We're going to skip John 15 for now. Let's look at John 16, verse 33. Jesus says, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. I have said these things to you that in me 
Not in the world, not in your career, not in your family, not in your relationship, not in your kids, not in your cell phone, not in how much money you make, not in any security in this world. But Jesus says, I have told you these things that in me you may have peace. The disciples are about to experience some major turmoil. They're going to go through some serious hardship following this farewell discourse with Jesus. And Christ is reminding them that, listen, as you go and experience hardship, as you go and experience brokenness, as you go and physically get hurt, remind yourselves of this truth. That although you are experiencing chaos and brokenness in the world, that in me, you can still have peace. And then between John 14 and John 16 is, is obviously John 15. And, and Jesus has this long, long talk about the importance of abiding in him, remaining in him. Let's look at John 15, verses 4 and 5. <clears throat> Jesus says, abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. And you may, be, you may look at that and think, well, what does that have to do with peace? I believe that although it is not limited to this thing, I do believe that the fruit that Jesus speaks of, that he produces as we abide in him, is that part of that, that fruit is the fruit of the Spirit found in Galatians 5. Love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Peace being one of those aspects of the fruit of the Spirit that is produced in us. And as we read 14, 15, and 16 in John, we hear, like Galatians echoes that. Jesus talks about abiding in my love. Abide in my love. Jesus says, I speak these things that my peace may be in you. I speak these things that my joy may be in you. Love, joy, and peace. Jesus is talking about them, and we hear that echoed in Galatians 6 when when it breaks down the fruit of the Spirit. I do believe that as we abide in Jesus, as we remain in Jesus, that he does produce peace. As he works as the vine, he produces this peace in our lives. As we continue in a daily, personal relationship with Jesus which is characterized by trust and prayer and obedience, that we can have this peace that Jesus speaks of. As we believe that as the vine, he is fulfilling and nourishing us. Or we can choose not to abide. We can choose not to remain And we can choose to disobey. We can choose to rebel. And that's what the Israelites did. As we read through Exodus, the Israelites rebelled over and over again. God wanted them to abide in him. God wanted them to experience this fullness of peace that only he could provide. And they rebelled. 
And let's, let's take a look at that. Psalm 106, 13 and 14. It should be on the screen. It says, But they soon forgot his works. They did not wait for his counsel, but they had a wanton craving in the wilderness. The NLT version says their desires ran wild. And they put God to the test in the desert. Because of their rebellion, because of their forgetfulness of God's faithfulness, because of their impatience for God's counsel, and they're running after their own desires, they're putting God to the test. The furthest thing from them was the peace of God that he wanted them to experience. And you and I, as chaos ensues around us, as brokenness knocks on our door, if we are not intentional, we can be just like the Israelites. And we can forget God's faithfulness. We can grow impatient for God's counsel. We can run after our own desires. We can lean on our own understanding. And figure out things our own way. And if we choose to go that route, then we should experience the same thing. That the peace of God be far from us. But in his grace and in his mercy, Jesus Christ extends these invitations over and over again to come back. And to abide and to remain and to dwell and to sit in his presence. If what you and I are choosing to abide in is not Jesus, it is not full peace. St. Augustine has one of my favorite quotes. He says, You have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our hearts are restless until they find rest in you. We are made for God, and we have rest in God alone. We have peace in God alone. Our peace is not found in the removal of our trials, in the removal of our heartaches, of our hardships. Our peace is found in Christ. I remember, I remember uh, a few years ago, I was in Denver, and on, at the end of my trip, a friend of mine took me, took me on a drive up, up uh, one of these mountains in Denver, and it was, I mean, beautiful scenery. And you can't help but when you look at such beautiful nature, but just reflect on the glory of God. And we got to this point, and he's like, hey, let's go for a walk. So we went, to, we went on this walk, and we came across this beautiful pond with these trees and rocks. And, I mean, it was like, it was like a piece of heaven right there in front of us. And I just sat. I sat on a rock. And I just looked out and glorified God, sat in his peace, sat in his presence, sat in his goodness, Rejoiced, I felt good. And then this lady, this lady came walking from my, on my left, and she's like full speed walking, and she has her phone, and she stops on a rock, and she clicks her camera, and then she just keeps walking and keeps going, and she leaves that, that beautiful sight. And on the drive home, on the drive home down that mountain, I was reflecting on this, like, Man, how often is that lady us? Like, how often are we so rushed to get to the next thing? How often are we so quick to want to move on to whatever's next on our checklist? That we 
speed by these peaceful moments that God desires that we have in him. We're so ready to accomplish and do and act that we forget to dwell. And we forget about the beauty of remaining and abiding and meditating on this truth. And taking that presence of God and taking it with us throughout our day. And when the Bible says, like, pray without ceasing, like talking to God throughout our day, communing with God throughout our day, how often do we want to rush? We did this on Tuesday as a staff. We sat together around a table and we shared our burdens. We shared what had been heavy in our hearts with one another. And it's pretty, it's pretty amazing. Like as we're sharing these burdens and then we begin praying for each other and interceding for each other, it's remarkable this peace that comes over you, that you walk in carrying these burdens, but when you enter into prayer, and you, and you enter into this moment with the Lord that this peace comes over. You have to know what I'm talking about. I mean, if you're a Christian here and you've experienced God's presence at all, you know what I'm talking about. And it's important that we remind ourselves of this invitation that Jesus extends to us to continue to come before him and abide and remain. When we read things like, 1 Peter 5.7, he says, casting all of our anxieties on him because he cares for us. The NLT version says, giving all your, worry, your worries to him because he cares for you. And we cast these cares to a God who is not only able to, to take those, but is able to, in return, give us peace. Because he is peace. Hebrews 4.16 says, Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. And I want to end this sermon uh, with just two words for us. The first one is this. Uh, I, asked, I asked Josh, Josh and I worked together uh, a couple weeks ago, and we just said, hey, man, let's have, let's have a little bit of a longer time of worship, a little bit of a longer time of singing. And we kind of felt that, and we sat in that at the beginning on the front end of our service. And we're going to feel a little bit of that on the back end. But it's important that as we're singing, that we're reminding ourselves of the beauty and the power of praise, the beauty of singing, the fact that we're not, just, we're not just singing words. We're singing truths. We're reminding ourselves of these truths of God. Even in the midst of storms and trials, we are proclaiming these truths about God. Not only are we proclaiming these truths, but we're proclaiming them to one another. We've said it before. We're, we're like, in a sense, evangelizing one another. As a body, we are singing this. As you are sitting there and you're reflecting on all 
the bad things you're going through or you know that your brother or sister is going through some tough things and you hear your brother from across the room singing and you hear your sister next to you singing and even though they may sing loud, it's all good. Because we're singing truths, we're encouraging one another. Not only are we worshiping God and we're stirring our affections for Jesus, but we're, we're encouraging each other with these truths that we proclaim, that we sing. So let's remember that as, as we continue to worship. And here's how I want to end. I have four portions of scripture that I want to read over us. I just want to read the word of God over us and allow his powerful word to sit deep into our hearts, to awaken us to these truths, to remind us of his beauty and his glory and his wonder and his peace. And as I read these scriptures, you can sit there and close your eyes and just allow it, allow the word of God to be read over you, or you can follow along on the screen, whatever you're more comfortable with. And after I read these scriptures, we're going to sit in silence for a couple of minutes. And then following that time of silence, we're going to have an elder come up and lead us in our response time. So let's do that now. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Isaiah 9, 6, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Isaiah 26.3 You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you.